Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Yeah. 
Oh, it's okay with the guy who runs the phone station up front. Sir. May be okay with him for you to live here, but I don't think he'd appreciate having people bumped off in his parking lot. So I think you better come along with me while I phone headquarters. Short time later, Detective Lieutenant Ellie Sanderson and Blaney Matthews, Assistant Chief of Detectives of the District Attorney's Bureau of Investigation, arrive at the scene of the murder. Detectives from the Central Flying Squadron already firing questions at young Parker, the youth who discovered the body, when the two investigators joined the group. I didn't do it, I tell you. Well, you're the one who found him, aren't you? Sure, I found him, all right, but I never bumped him off. Who's this young fellow, Carney? Oh, hello, Sanderson. Says his name's Sam Parker. Lives in this parking lot in the auto body where the murdered man was found. Probably knows more than he's willing to tell. Hang on to him. We'll take a look at the dead man first. Okay, Mr. Matthews. Any idea who the victim is? Parker says his name's Bill Hanson, that he's been living in his truck, that Ford over there. I see. What do you make of it, Sandy? Well, there's not much doubt as to how he was killed. You can see for yourself the top of his skull's crushed in, and there's all those deep gashes on his head and face. I'd say he's been dead about three hours. Mm, most likely clubbed to death with some kind of a heavy weapon. Look at his hands, Matthews. They're all skinned up. Somebody dragged him over a rough surface. Probably the gravel of this parking lot. Yeah. Let's take a look around that Ford truck of Hanson's that Connie pointed out. We might find something. Okay. I wish I knew just how much that fellow Parker knows about this. Maybe if we... There. Take a look at that, Matthews. Mm-hmm. Here, at the rear of the truck. A pool of blood. And a big one at that. There's another one over there. And by George, there's a man's blood-stained hat lying right at the edge of it. Mm, green fedora, eh? You know, Matthews, I think Hanson was struck right here at his own truck. See where the gravel's disturbed? Yeah, that's plain enough. That is the count for his skinned-up hands. He must have been dragged across the lot to the auto body where Parker sleeps. That's reasonable. I'm going to show this hat to Parker and see what he says. Good idea. I wish we could find a motive for this business. Uh, one will most likely pop up. They generally do. Here's hoping this won't be the exception. Say, Parker, take a look at this hat, will you? Yeah. Is this yours? No, it ain't mine. Hanson's. I've seen him wearing it. How long have you known Hanson? Oh, about a week. He drove that old truck in here and paid Ralph Moore for a week's parking. Said he was looking to buy a new car to go on traveling in. Who's Ralph Moore? The guy that runs the filling station in the parking lot. I've done a little work around here for him, and he let me sleep in that old truck body over there. How long have you been here, Parker? Uh, sleeping here on the lot, I mean. Oh, about three weeks, I guess. Been tramping the country, but just trying to find a job. Does Hanson have any money? Sure, he carried a roll of bills fit to choke a horse. Well, how'd you find that out? I've seen him when he paid for the parking space. There's not a dime in his pockets now, Sandy. Have you searched Parker here, Carney? Yeah, he's got a quarter, that's all. Hey, what in blazes is that? Looks like a couple of the boys have stopped a car out there in the driveway in front of the service station. Come on, Sandy, let's find out what it's all about. A man and a woman in the car, isn't it? Yeah, I don't see anybody else. What's this? Who are these people? I started to drive in here and then decided to back out in a big hurry. He says you don't want to get mixed up in anything. Oh, yeah? What's your name, mister? Henry Harper. What made you think you might get mixed up in something? Well, I... I saw the cops, but... Well, I'm not so I haven't done anything. How'd you happen to be coming in here? You could see the station was closed, couldn't you? Well, sure. I wanted to see if my partner's truck was here. It's uh, Pierce. Got a job for Monday and I wanted to check up on it. Who's your partner? Francisco Tonelli. He keeps his truck and car here and does grease jobs and stuff like that. Where have you been tonight? Oh, we, uh, that is, Mr. Eubanks here and I went to the movies. We ran away home when I said I wanted to stop here. Why? What's happened? You don't know there's been a murder? Good Lord, no. I swear I don't. 
Well, a man by the name of Hanson has just been found murdered. He was lying by an auto body at the rear of the lot. You mean the auto body where Sam Parker sleeps? Yeah. Tell me, what do you know about young Parker? Well, nothing much. He did some work for Canelli and me. He does a pit for us near the grease rack we just put in. Would you say he's the type of man who'd commit murder? Well, no. But then, of course, he was broke. Hobo. If the guy that killed had any dough, you can't tell. I see. Well, I'm sorry, Harper, but we'll have to hold you and your lady friend for further questioning. Well, now, wait a minute. I'm sorry, Harper. An hour or so later, Blaney Matthews and Lieutenant Sanderson are questioning Parker at the Central Homicide Office. Parker, what did you do yesterday? That was uh, Saturday. Went to a movie about half past four. When I got out, it was about quarter to eight. And I went to a dance hall over on San Pedro Street. Did you know anybody at the dance hall? No, but I met a girl there. Her name's Ann Smith. We danced together most of the time until it let out. That was about 11 o'clock. Then I took Ann to the streetcar. Took her to the streetcar, huh? Yeah. And then you came back to the parking lot and smashed in Hanson's head for his bankroll, is that it? No, I never did. When I got back there, I walked around the corner of the truck. I seen that hat and leaned down to look at it. Then I seen the blood in the lining. I went on over to my shack and I seen a man's body lying there and boy, I burnt the wind to get that cop. What time was that? Oh, about quarter past eleven. And you have no idea who could have killed Hanson? No, sir. Except it wasn't me. All right, Parker. But we'll have to hold you as a material witness. Take him out and lock him up, Red. Okay, Lieutenant. Well, Matthews, what do you think? Mm, Parker's story sounds fair enough. Clearly, he had a potential motive for murdering the old man, all right. Yeah, that's true. Then, too, even though he only had a quarter on him when he was arrested, he still had time to hide Hanson's bankroll between the time of the killing and when he went out to call the officer. What about this fellow Moore who runs the place? I don't know. Henry Harper gave me Moore's address. We better send the man out to pick him up. And while he's at it, he might as well pick up Francisco Tonelli, Harper's partner. I'd kind of like to hear what he has to say. Good idea, Sandy. Yeah, it'll be daylight before long. I suggest we go back there to Ninth and Wall in a little while and make a thorough search of that parking lot. It was too dark to see much of anything when we were there before. Yeah. Maybe we can learn something worth knowing this time. Two suspects for questioning, and he can't find them. Then the two suspects walk right. 
his mind. How much longer are you guys going to be around here? Who are you? Ralph Moore. I run this station in parking lot. We should hurry and get through. So we're staying here until we find out all we want to know. Yeah? I'm always busy on Sunday. Police being here won't help to promote good business. Well, that's just too bad, isn't it? But murder's never good business. We can't find a cop, so we're sticking in no Charming fellow, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I don't see much of any place else we can look around this trip. A lot of good it does. That's a fact. We'll take a better find than $12.25 to solve this murder. Not even so much as a clue as to whether or not he had any relatives. Well, let's go and talk to that fellow by the Pierce truck. Find out whether he's really Tonelli. Okay, by me. Hey. Are you Francisco Tonelli? Sure. That's me, all right. We're from police headquarters. You know about the murder that happened here last night? Sure. I know there was murder. Well, that's all I know. I see. Well, suppose you begin with yesterday noon and tell us what you did until you went to bed. Sure. Why not? I look after the gas station in the afternoon because Ralph Moore said he want to go with old man Hanson to see about a truck. They left a little past noon and come back about at 3 o'clock. Were they alone when they returned there? No. Inez was with them. Who's Inez? That's a girl, a friend of a Ralph. Her and the Ralph went in the office. I see him take a drink from a bottle. What happened then? Nothing. Inez and the Ralph left after that, and I keep on look after the station. Mm-hmm. What time did Ralph get back? Oh, about the quarter to six. He parked his car alongside the truck. The one harbor in the media was. What kind of cars do you and Moore drive? Mine, she's a Hudson. Ralph was the driver of Chevrolet Coupe. All right, go on. I went home about the six o'clock, and I clean up. Then I have a dinner with a friend of mine at restaurant. And we make a shoot the pool until a little after eight. Where'd you go from the pool hall? I went to dance at the shadow ballroom on Oak in Washington Street with a girlfriend of mine, Hortense Watson. We left about a midnight. I drive her and her mother home. In the Hudson? Yes, sir. Then I went to a little eating joint on the Pico Street where I met a fellow and I have a dinner with him. I went on a home from there. And you weren't near this parking lot all evening? No, no, sir. All right. We'll talk to you again later. Come on, Matthews. Let's see what Moore has to say. Well, it's a sin he can't tell much less than everybody else has. Oh, Moore. Come over here a minute. I want to ask you some questions. You guys can sure get my fellow's hair. Far away. What do you want to know? First, I want you to tell me something about yourself. How old are you, and where do you live? Not that it's any of your business, but I'm 24. I'm single and live at home with my folks. Have you had this job long? Quite a while. Tell us what you did last night. Went out to see a girlfriend of mine last night. Her name is Zainez Chapman. Lives with a couple other girls. Ruth Hill, Agnes Hamilton. Hey, they're uh, swell girls, too. Never mind that. What did you do after you got there? Fooled around. Went out to get something to eat. Other people there, and I was dirty, so Inez and I drove to my house while I washed and changed clothes. I didn't know anything about the killings morning. Where's your car? Well, I haven't got one. Oh, weren't you driving a Chevrolet Coupe yesterday? Yeah. Well, where is it? Who does it belong to? Uh-huh. Well, that's where I found it. Left it where you found it? Just what do you mean by that? Well, I... That is, I... Uh... Come on, fill it, Moore. I suppose I might as well come clean. Stole that car on Friday night from a driveway near 54th Street and 2nd Avenue. 
Bridges did until 2 o'clock this morning, after I'd taken Inez home. And I drove it back to the place I'd gotten it. You drove it to Inez's last night? First time I took a taxi cab. Why? When I started out of the station, the coupe had a flat tire. Went to a garage near here and told the guy to fix it up. And I called a cab and went out to Inez's, picked her up, came back down to the garage. Coop was fixed up by then, so we took it. All right, Moore. But you might as well make up your mind you're going to stay in jail so we can check your alibi. That goes to your friend Tonelli, too. A few hours later, Lieutenant Sanderson is conferring with Captain James F. Dean, chief of the homicide detail in the latter's office. You say you have four suspects in jail already. Is that right, Sanderson? Yes, sir. Uh, each of them had a possible motive, and they all had an opportunity to kill Hanson. You're sure the motive was robbery? I'm certain of it, sir. There's no trace of Hanson's bankroll anywhere. None of the four suspects had much cash on him when taken into custody, but it would have been easy to hide Hanson's money after killing him. Mm-hmm. You better start seeing if you can break down one of the alibis. There's always a chance, you know, that someone besides these four might have murdered the old man. Well, that's true, but... I think either Moore or Harper or Tonelli killed him and dragged the body to Parker's truck so it looked like the tramp had done it. You mean because the lad's a drifter, the killer would figure it easy to pin the crime on him, huh? Exactly. Well, I'm going to get back to my office, Captain. I have some people coming in who were with Moore last night. This will give me a chance to check on his alibi. Good. I'll see you later, Sanderson. I'll let you know if anything new turns up. Miss Inez Chapman to see you, Lieutenant. Okay. Sure in, Red. Yes, sir. With any kind of luck, Matthews, we ought to get some sort of a lead out of this girl. Let's hope so. It's about time. You feel like Sanderson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down, Miss Chapman. Thank you. Miss Chapman, how long have you known Ralph Moore? About a month, I should say. Tell me about what you did together on Saturday night. Well, Ralph came over to the house in his working clothes. He said a taxi was waiting at his car had tire trouble. He went to a top suey house on Alameda Street. Sent to his house so he could clean up. He's gotten his coop in the garage first, though, and Ralph let the cab go. Did you go inside his house? No, I waited in the car. Uh-huh. Did you notice any uh, scratches on Ralph? Any uh, fresh wounds? He had or... a bandage on his hand, but I knew he cut himself about a week ago. I didn't think anything about it till I saw fresh blood on the bandage. Oh. Ralph said he'd hit the cut and opened it. Did Ralph tell you who owned that coupe? Sure, he said it belonged to his mother. What did you and Ralph do after he changed his clothes that night at his house? He just drove around a little and then went to my house. I see. Was Ralph uh, nervous? Did he act peculiarly? Uh, did he give you any money? I didn't notice he was nervous. He was awfully dirty and apologized for not having gone home to change before he came. Said he'd been working. It was a little after 10 o'clock. What makes you so sure of the time? Because I'd been expecting him since 8. And he didn't give me any money. What time did you finally leave, Ralph? Around midnight. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Chapman. So, you may go now. Thank you, Lieutenant. You hear that, Matthews? Inez Chapman says she left Ralph at midnight. He told us it was 2 a.m. Yeah, I got that. I think I'll go out and make a thorough checkup on Moore's movements that night. If you drop back here in the morning, we'll see if we can't piece some of this tangle together. Lieutenant Sanderson checks with the garage man where Moore had his tire repaired and with the cab driver. Both corroborate the statements of Moore and Inez Chapman. And then a startling fact comes to light. Blaney Matthews has just entered the office of Lieutenant Sanderson on the following morning. 
shipment from the Hampton case, Andy? Plenty. It's just been reported to me that the tire tracks we found that ran through that pool of blood strongly resemble those of a tire on Tonelli's Hudson. Did you talk to Tonelli? Well, of course. But he sticks to his original story like a leech. I've checked with the man he had dinner with that night, and he verifies Tonelli's statement. We haven't been able to locate the girl he took to the dance. Hmm. Looks like we're up against the stone wall, doesn't it? Well, I've got both Parker and Harper waiting outside. I was just going to call Harper in when you arrived. Think you might get something new by questioning him again? I'm going to try. Send Harper in here, Red. Yes, sir. Well, I wish you luck. How long have I got to stay in jail, Lieutenant? Ah, never mind that. You better come clean, Henry. You came back to the service station to meet your accomplice, didn't you? To meet the man who had killed Hanson and was going to split with you. No. I, uh... Well, I was coming back to meet someone. Yeah, but I didn't know about the murder, honest. Uh, Who'd you come back to meet? Parker. Parker? And just why were you going back at midnight to meet Parker? Well, I wanted to get a new axle for the Pierce truck, and I didn't have any money to pay for it, so... Parker and I were just... Well, uh... Going to steal one. Huh? He said he knew where we might be able to pick one up. That was all honest. Well, I'll be. All right. You can get back to your cell. Have him send Parker in here. Yes, sir. Well, if this case doesn't beat anything I've struck so far. Yeah. We seem to be finding out everything but who killed Bill Hanson. That's right. We can't find the murderer, but we've turned up one car theft and two potential robbers. Yeah. You want new lieutenant? Yeah. Harper says you and he were going to steal an axle last Saturday night. See what? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's what we was going to do. But I didn't speak about it because the murder stopped the deal from going through. Well, there's nothing else you've forgotten, is there, Parker? Huh? No. You know whether Tonelli ever saw Hanson's bankroll? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. He saw it all right. Okay. That's all, Parker. Well, so long, Lieutenant. Well, that's that. We're no further along than when we started. They all have good alibis, Matthews. Harper, Tonelli, Parker, and... Wait a minute. Moore. Only Moore has no alibi. There's an hour or so the night of the murder he hasn't accounted for. One of those other alibis might be framed. Moore seems like a nice kid. Good family and all. Certainly he doesn't need to go like some of the others. Granted. But there's a few things about that young man I intend to clear up. What do you figure on doing? First, I'm going over and talk to his parents. Then I'm going to make a complete search of that service station. I've just got an idea the murder weapon may be in there. In both instances, Lieutenant Sanderson is rewarded. At the home of Moore's parents, a pair of blood-stained shoes is found. And at the service station, he finds a blood-stained gasoline pump fence tucked away under some rags in a small cupboard. Back in his office, Sanderson orders Moore to be brought over from the jail so that he may confront him with this new evidence. He and Blaney Matthews are reading the police report on Moore, which has just been submitted. Hmm. Hasn't a very good report, has he? This report dates back three years to 1925. He was arrested in Utah for auto theft. Yeah. And a little later, he stole a Ford car in Los Angeles. Apprehended at Provo, Utah, sentenced to ten months in the county jail. Mm-hmm. Broke jail, stole another car, and came back here. Caught by Los Angeles police and sentenced to federal prison at Leavenworth, Kansas. I see he was released from there on June 26th of this year. I see. That's almost six months to the day from the night of Hanson's murder. Here's more, Lieutenant. Okay. 
on in, Ma. Well? Ma? You murdered Hanson. What are you talking about? I told you before I didn't. If you ask me, I think Tonelli did it. Oh, it's possible Tonelli had a hand in it. He hasn't explained that blood-stained tire of his yet. But I think he only drove you back to the station after you left the coupe somewhere. He didn't commit the murder. You did. You don't know it. You can't prove it. Oh, yes, we can. We found the gasoline pump wrench with the blood on it. We got the tan shoes you wore. They're stained with Hanson's blood. It makes you think it was Hanson's blood. <laughs> That's what police chemists are for. We know you had a lot of money late Saturday night. Money you didn't get legitimately. A lot of people paid their bills that day. Well, not several hundred dollars worth, they didn't. We know you were excited and nervous that night and that there was fresh blood on your hand bandage. We also know you didn't leave the parking lot until after Hanson was dead. You guys are trying to frame me. Connelly did it. Maybe Parker. Now, look here, Moore. You've got a marvelous mother. She's a fine, sweet, religious woman. Are you being quite fair in not confessing this crime? In not clearing your soul? Come on, Val. Tell us what really happened. I get pretty drunk after I was dying there. It's been out in the afternoon. Hanson came into the service station office and asked me for a drink. I told him I didn't have one. They get ugly and start a fight. Yeah. Go on. Then what? I picked up a piece of iron. I didn't know what it was. Must have been that wrench. I hit him with it. He fell down. I hit him again. Hit his arms around my waist. I hollered for him to let go. He tried to get up. I hit him again on top of the head. He slumped on. He tried to let go his grip from around my waist. What'd you do then? I didn't know he was dead. I heard footsteps from night street. I didn't know what to do. I was scared. And was laying awful still. So I dragged him over to that old laundry truck body and took his money. I thought the police would think Parker had done it. Then I ran away down Ninth Street. When I got calmer, I, I came back. Got in the coupe and drove to the garage. <laughs> and you'd let Parker go to his death on the gallows just so you'd have some dough to blow in, is that it? I didn't mean to do it. I didn't. I didn't. I don't believe you, Moore. And I don't believe the story of the fight. I think you planned out this killing of an old man in your own mind and struck him down without warning. Honestly, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I wouldn't kill anybody on purpose. Honestly, I wouldn't. And I suppose it was an accident that you took his money, too. Oh, no, more. it doesn't add up. Oh, can't you give me another chance? <laughs> the only chance you're going to get is to sit in a cell from now on. Take him out of here, <laughs> Captain Smith will conclude our program. Don't forget what I told you at the start of the program, friends. Protect your car and the money you've invested in it with real lube, the motor oil that flows freely in the coldest weather and cannot be broken down at the fastest speed in the hottest weather. See your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow and get the money-saving power, pep, and mileage of Rio Grande Crack, the gasoline that is famous for its real police car performance. The gasoline that is first in public service. And now, Captain Smith. Ralph Moore was brought to trial in the courts of the late Judge William 
Hotel Egler and was sentenced to life imprisonment in Folsom. The judge was careful to include a recommendation that more never be paroled. The tire tracks of Tonelli's automobile were found to be mere coincidence, and he was cleared of any connection with the crime. Thank you, Captain Smith. All car to cancellation of broadcast 273 regarding a murder. Suspect in this case are now in custody. That's all. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande.